Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who has a birthday today. We wish a very special birthday to the man himself, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I, I, I'm getting older. I'm now 22, which is kind of insane. We are now all 22 on the podcast. And our third member is also 22. We're welcoming back Ben O'Brien. Ben, we missed you last week. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back after my uh, my short hiatus. Or I guess I could say Yatus if I really wanted to. <laughs> yes, um, Yatus. For anyone who doesn't understand that, that is a Big Brother joke. Yes, it is summer, which means it is Big Brother time. I'm ready to go. But uh, yeah, happy birthday to you, Brandon. You're, you are growing up before our Thank very you. eyes. We are proud of you. Thank you, Ben. I, you know what? It means a lot that you are proud of me. <laughs> I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Um, but we have a really fun episode uh, planned today. Before we get into some stuff, Trevor, I know you kind of wanted to start off with a little message. Yeah, so we didn't really address this in the way that I, I kind of wanted to last episode, but um, obviously, you know, we know the murder of George Floyd that, that happened uh, a little over a week ago, you know, and, and just so many instances that we've had. Breonna Taylor is another um, one that, uh, another unfortunate death that happened in the past few months, and just all of these instances of countless police, mur- police murders on black citizens in this country, it, you know, it's just crazy that in the year 2020, this could still be happening. Uh, but that's the unfortunate reality of the situation. And, um, you know, I know personally just a you know, I'm a, I'm a white man and I think about all the privileges that I have, you know, in this world, in this country. And, you know, unfortunately, like, like just thinking about this podcast, like that I am so glad that I get to do every week and I get to prepare for it. And just like, you know, the happiness that that brings me, you know, in, in George Floyd, you know, there's no, he, he doesn't have the opportunity to do what it is that maybe he wanted to do with his life, whatever his passion was. And all of the other people who now don't get to live out what, what their passion was or what they wanted to do with their life. Um, obviously their family members, they lost their, you know, their, their, their father, obviously, I know George, uh, his Floyd's daughter was with Steven Jackson um, in a video I saw. And so it's just crazy that this happens um, still in this in 2020 that we still deal with, you know, all this racism and systemic racism that still is so prevalent today. And obviously, we know things need to change. And it's I, I, I don't have the answers. Obviously, most people don't. But I guess you know, the angle I want to take on it is that people really just need to learn how to lean toward empathy and really just, I think even just taking out the situation of racism, I think, or discrimination in any situation, I think people need to really take their ego out of things and not think they know every, not think they know everything and really just, um, sit back and listen, listen to black people, listen to, uh, people tell their stories and learn from them. Because no one knows everything. You know, I don't know everything. Even the smartest people on this planet don't know everything. So I think we need to take our egos out of this. We need to learn. We need to be empathetic. uh, And we need to listen. Yeah, everything you said, Trevor, I think is really well said. It's sad that, you know, we're still going through systematic racism even today. I think everyone needs to to be better collectively. You know, us as, as white people, you know, we, we have this privilege and it's important that we use it in a way to educate others, you know, about the racism that, you know, our, our friends, our family, um, people we know have gone through. Um, and, you know, I, I think at Small World Podcast here, just something little that we can do. We, we decided today we're going to have no description. There will be no 
timestamps, nothing like that, except one link in ways that, you know, we're able to help, you know, whether that's going to a protest uh, or donating. There's even ways to donate um, to the Black Lives Matter movement where uh, you don't have to pay any money. You, know, you simply watch a YouTube video or even more, most importantly, just educating yourself. So the link in, is going to be in the description. Please click it. You know, go educate yourself a little bit on the issues um, that are at hand in the country and, you know, you know, c come stand with our our uh, our black brothers and sisters um, and our, you know, our friends and family. And I think we, we all here think that's incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, saying that, uh, again, click the link in the description, go you know, educate yourself and learn, but we will get in today's episode today. So uh, we do have a great episode planned. Um, we're going to start off at Oklahoma State. We had some interesting developments at Oklahoma State. Um, they are get, getting a one-year NCAA tournament ban. They've lost some money. Um, they've, they're, it's level one violations uh, from a formal, former associate uh, head coach named Lamont Evans. Um, who was actually just sentenced uh, to go to federal prison for three months. Um, but it, there was a lot of things that go on. But the most interesting thing is we have Cade Cunningham, who's one of the, the best recruits we've seen in a long time. I saw someone did uh, the highest-ranked uh, players coming out of high school, and I think he was like three or four in the past like 15 years. So he's an incredibly high-ranked player. He planned on going to Oklahoma State. His brother coaches there. So, Trevor, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts on uh, these uh, this violation that Oklahoma State got in Kata Cunningham. Yeah, so this kind of came out of nowhere. Um, obviously, you know, there's so many things going on in the world that, you know, I wasn't thinking about different violations. I know we've talked about uh, different violations to other schools in the past. Yeah. But uh, this one I, I was reading into, and I was wondering if it had to do with Kate Cunningham or who, what the player that it had to do with. It wasn't, I don't believe it had to do with Kate Cunningham. It's talking about here in this article that um, uh, Evans was involved um, at Oklahoma State and at South Carolina, where he was giving like imp impermissible payments to a former Oklahoma State player named Jeffrey Carroll, who subsequently was suspended for three games. Um, I believe this was in early 2019. So now that this postseason ban is being imposed in Oklahoma State, it's very unfortunate for their program, especially because uh, this year they were looking. Um, and of course, if, if we do have a college basketball season, I should say that first, um, but if, if there was one and if it carried out that Oklahoma State was going to be a very good team this year. Cade Cunningham, he is the one of the – if he's not the number one player in this class, he's the number two player in this class at, at the very least. Yeah. And um, Oklahoma State, I, I think, would have been a really good team this year. And it's unfortunate that uh, they have this postseason ban now. So do you think Cade Cunningham leaves? Um, it's interesting because I don't even know if he's able to. I do. Do you know if he's able to? Because I haven't read into, you know, I, how hard it's if he's going to be able to transfer or not. I I think I think he will be able to if he wants to. Because especially if these allegations have nothing to do with him, which I do not believe they do. I could be wrong, but I don't believe they do. Yeah. So in my personal opinion, I think he will be able to leave if he wants to. Similar situation to what happened with Shea Patterson at Ole Miss. Uh, the quarterback who then went to Michigan, they had allegations. He was able to you know, transfer and play right away. So I think um, similar thing to him where he will be able to transfer if he wants to. It'll be interesting because his brother is on staff there. We'll see what he ends up doing. He's not going to be able to play in the tournament, which is pretty important, especially a guy who's almost definitely going to be a one-and-done. I know like his, his dad or someone said that if he were to leave, Kentucky would be the front-runner 
um, to get him, which that would be absolutely insane, and I think that would put Kentucky promptly as the favorite to win the national championship. Uh, ben, I, I know you, you were saying you were reading about this a little bit earlier. What, what are your thoughts with this? Yeah, so obviously I think if he has the ability to leave, I don't know his yeah how strong his ties are to Oklahoma State. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about him, but I think a lot of times these players, especially when you're as good as he is, from what I can tell, um, and it's pretty clear that he's only going to stay in college basketball for one year. A lot of times they want to go to the NCAA tournament because they want to be able to make a name for themselves. They want to have this legacy that they leave behind in college basketball. Um, so, like, I think if his ties aren't super strong to Oklahoma State, I'd, I'd be shocked if he stayed there just because I, I think he wants the chance to play for a national championship. And at Oklahoma State, he's not going to get that opportunity. So, um, obviously, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, it's just this is just another story of – all these programs that are getting the axe for these violations that have frankly probably been going on for a very long time and people are just now getting caught. So it's always super, I'm always super interested to see what, what kind of programs are getting in trouble for this kind of stuff. Um, I think it's been happening for a long time. And I think over the years, you're just going to see more and more programs probably get in trouble for similar stuff Mm -hmm. like this. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see, you know, how long some of this stuff takes, um, you know, to, to come around and, uh, you know what what happens to these these universities, but we'll move on a slightly different sports topic or college sports topic. We have the potential for college sports returning. Um, Trevor, do you think we have football and basketball here in the fall and winter? Um, it's so tough to say, but I'm I'm not very optimistic about it. Um, we we don't even know yet if like colleges are going to resume this year. Um, with in-person classes, they might be online mm-hmm. for this coming semester. We, we don't really know that, um, how that's going to pan out. So I would imagine that if if they don't have in-person classes, to me, it doesn't really make sense. And I know Michigan, I think, already came out saying that they wouldn't um, uh, play their football or have football if there was no in-person classes or, or something along those lines. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But if they don't have in-person yeah, classes, think- to me, it doesn't make sense to play it like yeah you know it doesn't mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem you know because then they would be risking something they'd be around people um whereas you know their their fellow students who just have online classes you know don't have that so it, it really wouldn't make sense to me yeah i think michigan was talking about saying if there's no students at the games they will not have they're not going to have games but the thing to me is that, that there's there's not going to be any fans at these games so i think it's going to be a question of can they do these sports without fans i think sports itself could be done correctly but it's going to be tough you got to think about these students still have to go to class and they got to be around other students potentially i know like ohio state has just announced where their their plan for students where you know they're going to have some in person classes some online they're going to end their their class is a little bit early. So if you kind of isolate the players and they can't really go to class, then maybe you're able to do sports. But then that takes away from their experience in school. Not every player is going to be you know, an NFL player. Their, their schooling is important. So I think it's going to be very, very, very difficult to have college sports, um, mainly because you can't really limit the players where they're able to go. You know, uh, college students, it's a little bit different because they don't have to go out and play sports against, you know, players from other places and stuff. Travel will be difficult, a lot of different things. You know, you look at, like, a smaller school, like we went to Bowling Green. So how is Bowling Green flying to all these places or going to all these places? they they got to take public transportation of sorts. You know, obviously they can rent buses, but if they're flying, I mean, they're probably not flying on private jets every single game. So, you know, it's I think it's going to be very, very, very tough for college sports to resume on time, if at all, this coming year. It will be very sad. 
um, for all of us. Um, but we'll see. It's, it, it's going to be difficult. Ben, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And, like, for college football especially, we're running out of time. I mean, it's already the beginning of June, almost middle of June. And, I mean, obviously, at this point, people would be returning to campus because they'd be starting their summer workouts around this time. So, right, I right. mean, we're running out of time for football at least. And it's hard because every state is different at this point. I mean, I know – I think Ohio, like I think like Ohio State's football team, they can come back to voluntary workouts this coming week, but not every state is like that. So, I think a lot of college coaches and uh, like faculty members are frustrated just because not everybody's given the same opportunity to prepare for this season that at this point is still going to happen, but we don't really know. So it's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like we've been saying for months. It's just a really tough situation. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. So we really, at this point, we're just playing it by ear. I think obviously we want this everything, or we want or players want to play, but. If you can't do it safely, like you said with travel, it's just logistically it's so hard to even see how this is going to happen. So, I mean, I'm I'm being op- I'm being optimistic, but at the same time, you have to be realistic about it. And I just I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll see. I hope it does, but we'll see. Right. Look, we all want we all want college football to come back. That's some of the I mean the best sports you can possibly watch out there. But last returning sport um, for t- well, kind of the second to last, I guess. Um, let's talk a little bit about the NFL. Trevor, you wrote this down in the note. All right. You said, is the NFL, you know, behind? Are they prepared to back, you know, to come back? Do you think they're they're behind? Um, it's tough to say. I don't know like what's necessarily going on. I haven't heard a lot of news like from Adam Schefter about this, but usually like they would have training camps, they would have things going on around this time. Um, so in that respect, they might be a little I think just uh, comparing it to how a normal season would be, I think they might be a little bit behind. But I don't know. I think if they start it soon, if they do start having the training camps, they could catch up. Um, and and you know, I think they'll still have. They're still gonna have the NFL season. I don't see. I don't see how the NFL season is gonna be canceled because it's so. It's just so popular in in America and just how big it is. Even obviously they want fans, but I think the NFL world return is just a matter of when. I I could see the possibility of it being delayed a few weeks. But I do think it will return. It's just, yeah, they might mm-hmm. be a, they might be a few weeks, maybe a month behind, but we will see. Yeah, I I, I don't think that they're behind. I think we have some time. Training camp uh, would definitely kind of be starting up by now. But it seems like some of them, like I know the Ravens do their training camp just in house. They don't go anywhere to do it, so it doesn't seem like it's a big issue. I, I know there's been some talks about like different places, like Dallas might have some issues doing their training camp because they don't do it in house. I believe it was Dallas. Um, so I, I think we obviously like every sport we're gonna have some issues you got to figure it all out. But the good thing with professional sports is you can isolate those players. College sports you can't. Professional sports you can. So you have the ability to be a little more flexible in that nature. It obviously isn't gonna be fun for the players to be isolated, but they can be isolated um, to the sense where they won't be in contact with anyone and it won't hurt them. So we'll see. I don't. I wouldn't say they're behind as of right now, um, but you know we'll see. Ben, are they behind in your opinion? No, I don't think they're behind. I mean, they're in a tough spot just like everyone else does. But, yeah. I mean, if you compare them to, like, the NCAA, they, the NFL has so much more money and resources available that I think, like Trevor said, I think it'll happen. I don't know if it's going to happen on time, but I, I'd be extremely shocked if there's no NFL season this year just because of the abilities that they have to isolate these players, like you said, and the resources and money that they have. So they're not behind, but obviously they're in a tough spot just like everyone else is, so... I mean, like, right. like I said, with college football, we'll see. I mean, I'm optimistic, but at this point, no, we don't, we don't know. Nobody really knows. Nothing's for sure at this point. Right. All right. So 
I think that's that's enough on returning sports for now. We might get into another returning sport a little bit later, and that's you know foreshadowing at our main topic. But to finish up small talk today, as always, we have a little bit of small talk trivia. Trevor, we we, we did well last week. Is it twenty four twenty four? Yes. Twenty five twenty four twenty four twenty four. Ben, you weren't with us for a week here. What what do you think about the uh, the small talk trivia last week? It was good. I mean, you guys both got it right, Trevor. Uh... Trevor's question to you, Brandon. You you killed it, dude. I I thought I knew the answer. I was in my car driving. I thought I knew the answer. I knew it was. I like. I kind of knew the answer. I thought it was a different year, though. Like I I would have. I think I would have gotten it right. But I think like what did you say? The year was twenty thirteen. Uh, yeah, it was either 2013, Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I knew it was around there, but, like, I mean, obviously I don't know as much about the NFL draft as you do just because you love the NFL draft and I'm indifferent about it. But um, they were both good questions. They were they were tough. Like, I uh, I mean, there's very few times where I'm, like, be like, oh, I, I definitely would have gotten that one right just because you guys know more about sports than I do. But they were good. I'm, I'm glad that it's still tied. It's very competitive. Uh, I, I, I want Trevor to beat you, but – at the same time, I'm, hey, I'm, don't call it a comeback. I'm glad that haters it's are gonna hate. Because Ben's hating. Trevor was embarrassing you for a very long time, so I'm glad that you. Uh, you know what? Were... I was embarrassing Trevor for a little bit too. Let's not forget the first half. <laughs> that was so long ago; it doesn't okay? even matter. <laughs> I, I I remember it. I remember it. So let's let's get into our question today, Trevor. Um, I'll, I'll start off. Um, so here's my question. I I think you'll get this question today. Um, obviously the NFL they have Super Bowls. That's why the you know that's why people play. So what team has the longest Super Bowl win streak? So that means the longest, you know, amount of times they've gone to Super Bowl and have not lost. Okay, so so most consecutive Super Bowl wins. Okay. Yeah. I have faith you'll get this question today. All right. So th- that makes me think that there might be a team. There's probably a team with three. Uh, the Patriots only have two consecutive. They don't have three consecutive. You look at like the Steelers, the 49ers, Cowboys, all three of those teams, even the Packers have all won um, some Super Bowls. They've all won like more than two. The Steelers have six. Uh, the Cowboys and 49ers, I believe, have five. And I think the Packers have four or five, something like that. So it's, it's one of those teams most likely. Um, so I'm trying to think now. Because I think I think whoever it is has at least three. I think they probably I think they probably have three, maybe even four, but I think it's either three or four that that team so, has. So, so just to clarify, yeah. I I think you understand this, but just to clarify to the to the viewers at home, it's it's consecutive Super Bowl wins. So that if you don't play for three years, but you know you win one in year one, and then year four you win one, that's that's two consecutive. I think you understand that. Trevor, oh oh oh! You're saying you're saying without a loss? Yeah, not straight years, not straight years. Yes, without a loss. Okay. Oh. I did not. Okay, so yes. that 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 makes more sense. All right. Yes. So the Steelers, I believe, have a pretty good record in the Super Bowl. Like they don't have a lot of losses. Like when they're in the Super Bowl, the Steelers usually win it most of the time, or or at least like in the seventies, eighties, they won most of the times they were in it. They might have lost one or two to the Cowboys, but that's still like a strong option, I think. Um. The Packers, I think, won back to back in like like the like in the late '60s, I believe. But again, I think it's someone who has three, at least three or four. And I think, oh, also the 49ers. The 49ers, um, they didn't lose one with Montana. They were four and zero. So actually, that is a really strong option as well. You know what? And I think the Steelers did lose at least one of the Cowboys. So, and I think, and the, and the Steelers obviously beat the Cowboys in at least one. And I don't think the Packers had more than two in a row. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think it's them. 
So I think it's the 49ers. I think they have four consecutive because they did not lose one when Montana was there. So they have four consecutive. Um, so that's my final answer, the 49ers. 100% final answer? You're all good? Yes. Ben, do you concur with this answer? Yeah, if I, from what I can remember, I would, I would have guessed the 49ers. Yes, I do concur. Uh, the 49ers are correct. I did not offer you two points if you got the right number, um, which you would have gotten that one wrong. It actually is five consecutive Super Bowls for the Niners. They won all five of their first. Um, then their last two appearances in the Super Bowl, they lost in 2012. I don't know. Maybe Do, do any of you guys remember who they lost to in 2012? Because I just can't remember. <laughs> we, we know. Um, and it's then, irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I, I think it's pretty relevant, but, you know, whatever. And then obviously this past year, um, they they lost to the uh, the Chiefs. So the Niners is correct. So you have the point. Uh, there, so it is now 25 to 24. Trevor, what is your question for today? Okay, so my question has to do with college basketball. Um, okay. So my question is, who is the team? Now this is who is the championship team? This team won the national championship with the most wins overall in a season. So the most, um, the championship team um, in the NCAA tournament in history with the most wins overall in that season, including the postseason. And I will give you an opportunity for two points. If you name just the team, the college, that's one point. If you name uh, the the year, I will give you a second point. Hmm. Okay. This is a tough one. I, I have to, you know, just kind of go through it in my head who I think um, it could be. I I believe I could be wrong. Really, this is gonna end up being a guess because I'm I'm truthfully not a hundred percent sure um, what the the answer is gonna be. So it's a team that won the championship. It's a team that won the championship with the most wins overall, like throughout the season. Most wins throughout the season. Gotcha. I'd have to to really go you know and dig dig back down um, to think. If if I remember correctly. Hmm. This is a tough one. I, I'm i really not 100% sure um, what it could be. If, if I remember correctly, I thought some of those San Francisco teams won a lot of games. Um, but truthfully, I don't even I don't remember. I thought the San Francisco teams with... Uh, well, who did they have those, those years? They had uh, with uh, Bill Russell. I thought they won a lot of games. And most likely, they probably... I know they went undefeated, but I don't remember how many games they had. Here, and, and I'll give you a hint. You Think about how many games overall in a season are played now. Right. Versus how many right. games yeah, in a season a were played back in the earlier days. I don't, I don't know if that helps you um, at all, but think about that. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, that definitely helps. I could, I could think, like, the Kentucky team that won recently, um, they won a lot of games, I believe. That Kentucky team. I believe they won a lot of games. Um, I, I, that Kentucky team's a good option. With your hint, I, I'm going to say it's probably not somewhere, some older team. And, you know, I think I'll go with the, the, that, that Kentucky team that beat Kansas. It was at, what, 2012 yeah, or 2013, 2012? 12. Yep. I, I'm going to go with that Kentucky team. I, I think that'll probably be the right answer, maybe. We'll so, see. So is this your final answer? In, in what year final are you answer. saying? What year are you saying? 2012. 2012. Okay, that is correct. The answer is Ooh, Kentucky, and 2012 is also correct. Um, they were 38-2 and two that season. 
Um, so 38 yeah. wins is the most ever um, by a champion. I think the Kentucky team who lost in 2015 also won 38, but they lost in the Final Four to Wisconsin. Um, and there may have been one or two other teams. I'm not too sure, but I know that both those teams had 38 wins uh, for Kentucky, but the 2012 one is the one that won the national championship. That was a really good team, that team. I was th- My original thought was like maybe San Francisco, and then, then I, w- I was thinking before you said the hint, I was like, they probably didn't have enough. They, they probably didn't play enough games. So it's like it has to be modern era, and then I thought of Kentucky, and you gave the hint. So I was like, yeah, it's probably Kentucky. But thank you for the hint. I appreciate that. So, um, if you, uh, well, what's the score now? We're tied, 25-25. No, I, I, it's two points, so you have taken the lead. Oh, hey, Ben, you hear that? You hear that, Ben? Your boy's got the lead. Yes, I did hear that, but at the same time, I kind of helped you with the year there, because I, I told you it was 2012. You did, Ben. I didn't, I didn't know. I said it was 2012. <laughs> I didn't know I said that. it was 2012 before you said it. I didn't know that that was part of the question, so I feel bad that I kind of helped Brandon there. <laughs> no, that's all right. You helped me. Thank you. But I, I said the year anyway beforehand. We can roll the tape back. Yeah, no, you. That, but I did say I, I yeah, thought it was 2012. I believe you. I believe you. You had it. No. All right. So next we have randomly ranked a uh, segment every single week where we take a completely random topic and rank it. Uh, and uh, this week we have a, an original one. Don't you guys think this is an original topic? Very original. Oh, yeah. Never been done before. Very original. Never been done before. We are going to do the best movies from 2008. And I'm telling you guys, we're going to try to stop doing movies. Trevor likes doing the movies. But here's the issue. Trevor's seen like 4% of the movies on this list. So we're, we're, we're getting low on the movies. So, so Trevor, um, I went first with the question, so why don't you go first with Randomly Ranked? All right. Yeah, so um, there were some really good movies in this year. Um, but I'm going to start with number three. It was a tough one. Um, like I left, I think Taken would have been my fourth, but I left that off. It was very close. Number three, I went with the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. And I don't know if you guys have seen any of the Narnia movies, but growing up, I loved these movies. Um, and I, I still love them to this day. They're great. The second, uh, the original is the best one, but the second one is still very good. Um, if you have not seen the Narnia movies, I highly recommend it. Um, cause they're very good. So number two. I'm going to go to a very uh, a all-time classic, very rewatchable, a movie that is widely, um, universally loved, it seems like, and that is Step Brothers. Uh, Step Brothers, just a hilarious movie, very rewatchable. Um, you know, you, I can never really get tired of it. So that is my number two. And number one, another very rewatchable movie, another sad, and a sad movie this time, very different from Step Brothers, which is a very hilarious movie. This one's a little bit of a sad movie and that is Marley and Me. Marley and Me is a great movie all around. It has Jennifer Aniston, Owen Wilson, um, and yeah, it's sad at the end. And some people maybe might not like this movie because it makes them sad at the end, but nevertheless, it's a very it's a very great movie. So I, I'm gonna go next here, Trevor, because I'm appalled you left one of the movies on this list out. Because it's cons- widely considered one of the best movies ever. Um, and it's shocking you left it out. But I'll start with my number three. My number three is Iron Man. I like the original Iron Man. It's better than most of the movies on the list. Uh, a lot of better Marvel movies, I'll say that. But I do like Iron Man a lot. Um, number two, I also have Step Brothers at the two spot. Step Brothers is another movie where I think I could watch it pretty much any time. And it will always make me laugh. There, it's, there's a lot of good scenes in it. Uh, a lot of hilarious moments. But the movie that you truly missed out on, and again, I'm shocked you didn't put in there, is The Dark Knight. It is widely considered one of the best movies ever. Um, it's, it's actually, it's ranked very high as one of the most rewatchable movies on the list that I'm looking at. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm super surprised you didn't, have you seen The Dark Knight? Yeah, I really liked it. I did. 
I, clearly, clearly not enough. I you didn't like it enough. I really liked it, but I I don't know. It's just that I like I do enjoy some superhero movies, but I don't know. They don't have the same kind of I don't have the same kind of love for it that a lot of my friends do, like yourself and like uh, some of my other friends from home. Really love uh, superhero movies. You're you're crazy, Ben. Back me up. Have Dark Knight as number one. What are your top three? All right, so. I have an honorable mention. It's Step Brothers. I did not put Step Brothers in my top three. And I, I, it's hilarious. But the reason I didn't put it in my top three is because there's not really a plot to it. Like, they kind of just mess around. And, like, like there's a kind of a storyline, but not really. So, the three I have... You're I, not on Prestige Worldwide? Uh, no, trust me, I am. But I am. I will invest in that real hardcore if I if I need to. But um, <laughs> it, it's a good movie. I love it. But, like, I'm, I just didn't put it in my top three. My number three yeah. is, is the, the Express. And it's all about... Um, a man named Ernie Davis, who basically was the first African-American to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, he goes to Syracuse. It's all about his life, basically. Um, he broke. He went to Syracuse, broke all of Jim Brown's records at, at Syracuse, and ended up being drafted by the Browns. And he died like before he even played an NFL game, I think, or maybe he played mm-hmm. a couple. But um, just a really good movie. It's got a really good cast. I love Dennis Quaid. He's like the coach in it. He's a really good actor. Um, my number two is Dark Knight. I didn't put it at number one, but I did put it at number two. Oh my god. Um I don't even I've seen it a couple of times but I don't remember a whole lot about it. I will say that my favorite scene from the movie and really it's one of the only scenes I still remember from that movie is when Heath Ledger as the Joker, amazing. <laughs> He's walking away from the hospital and like the hospital explodes behind him. That's like probably yeah. one of my favorite movie scenes I've ever seen. It's just it's like the, it's just really cool. It's just a cool scene. He, Heath um, Ledger's I mean just yeah. he's yeah. that individual role is one of the best ever played. Yes, no, his performance is absolutely legendary. He will always be the best Joker. There's no way somebody can ever play the Joker uh, that's, be- be- that's better than him. But I put it at number 100%. two just because I felt like I had to because it's it's a really good movie. Um, my number one, though, I put – it's a movie called 21. It's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. It is all about this group of people from MIT. They're all geniuses from, from MIT, and basically they go to Vegas, and they count cards, and they team up, and basically they, they – take all this money from casinos by winning at blackjack and i love playing blackjack so i just think this is super interesting to kind of see their process of how they count cards and it really does it it, it explains pretty well about like kind of how blackjack works and how like the chances you are of getting certain hands and how you can beat the dealer so it's just it was just a really cool movie i love the math kind of and statistical analysis behind the playing of blackjack and how you can win more often than not um so it's just a really good movie if it's on netflix you have no excuse to not watch it if you haven't seen it go watch it it's fantastic Interesting. I'm upset that the Dark Knight was too low on both of your lists. I will, uh, should have been number one. I will say, uh, John Rothstein always points out one of the great quotes, and I thought this is where you were going with it, Ben. Um, the quote. The scars quote. And here we go. John John Rothstein yes, always he does, quotes yeah. that. And, yeah, he does. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Well, well, some of the lists were were less superior than others. You know what? That, that's okay. If you guys have any ideas. Uh, for uh, Randall Rank, just tell us. We'd we like to hear them. But let's move forward to our main topic for today, um, which I know, Trevor, you're itching to talk about. This is going to be a good one. All right? We have the NBA returning. Okay? Very, very exciting stuff. It got voted 29 to 1. The only team that didn't vote, I believe, was the Blazers. Um, uh, they decided not to vote. So, Trevor, give us a little rundown on what the NBA is going to look like for people who are not super well-versed on the topic. Okay, so... Basically, they, they plan to come back with an eight-game regular season starting on July 31st at uh, Walt Disney World, as we all suspected. And there are going to be 22 teams, and those are the 16 teams that currently are in the playoffs based on their records, in addition to the ninth-best 
team in the Eastern Conference, which is the Washington Wizards, and the next five teams in the Western Conference. Um, and they are doing that in order to give those teams a chance to make the playoffs with those eight regular season games if they can um, – Basically, the the remaining eight regular season games will determine the seedings of the playoffs. However, there is one caveat, and that is if the nine seed, whoever the nine seeded team is in the East or West, they have a chance to play in a play-in tournament if they are within four games of the eight seed. So we could see a scenario where, say, the Blazers are the team with the best record out of those other five teams. Um then they would play a play-in tournament with the Memphis Grizzlies. It would just be those two teams to see who gets the eight seed. And now the Grizzlies, as the eight seed, would have an advantage in that scenario where they only have to beat the Blazers once, but the Blazers have to beat the Grizzlies twice in that scenario. So um, I think this situation overall wound out pretty wound up being pretty fair I think overall obviously you can't make it perfect and that's what we've discussed before but I think this is a really good solution um we we I haven't heard a ton about like some of the testing things there's been some different testing plans but I think that's something that they're going to need to really talk about and develop how they're going to do that because I haven't heard a lot about that but as far as the basketball goes it seems like that they have a pretty good solution here and um yeah so the NBA is back so obviously it's very very exciting. We we have you know the the teams. It seems like the NBA is getting everything they wanted out of it. They're gonna get the ratings. They're probably gonna get the Pelicans in there somehow. If the Pelicans can win a little bit, um, and we've talked about how they they definitely want the Pelicans in. Uh, the timeline seems very interesting. We we have it kind of all starts around like June twenty first is when all players have to report and they start testing very literally the next day. So. How much of the testing methods, you know, I've seen that they're trying to do, like, widespread testing so it doesn't take away from personal tests for other people. What, what have you seen, Trevor? Yeah, so I've been reading about this um, sampling procedure called group testing, which uh, aims to examine a large number of people with just a few tests. Um, they've also contributed to, like, a nationwide antibody study at Mayo Clinic that involves, mm-hmm. like, some kind of innovative new finger, finger uh, stick test kit. So they are... It looks like this article is talking about some of those different possibilities, but it seems like they're still they still haven't had like a concrete plan of like this is how we're doing testing. It seems like they're still in the process of that, um, which is interesting. Maybe you can have a little bit of a criticism there for the NBA, but it seems like they're still trying to figure that out. Yeah, right. I, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how they end up doing the testing. I know uh, you're not allowed to. They're not allowed to go like out in Disney World. Um, they aren't, you know, could be able to go with their families and stuff, you know, all around. I think their families are, families are allowed there, though, correct? Yeah, I believe there's going to be a limited uh, number, and I don't even know if that's yes. final either, but there's going to be a limited number of family members, as far as I know, that yeah. they will allow. It seems like, at this moment, it's still a lot of uncertainty, um, but the good news is we do have the NBA back. So, Ben, what are your thoughts on kind of the ended, the plan that they ended up going with, you know, kind of the... the we don't have quite as much, you know, like a group stage type thing. It seems a little bit more regular. It seems like they played it a little bit safe. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, I've been saying for weeks on this podcast that I'm tired of them proposing ideas and just let's pick one and go for it. So, I mean, I, I don't have too much to complain about just because I'm glad that they finally settled on something and that we can right. that I can confidently say that I'm going to see LeBron James play basketball again this year. That's um, what's important. That so, is. I mean, obviously, it's it's better than not having a season in general. So I, I really don't have a whole lot to complain about 
the one thing I do find interesting, though, is if this season goes until, what, the finals go till like, the middle of October, and then they want the next season to start what? Is it going to start, like, December 1st or something? That, that's, yeah, like, that's, that's a lot is, of time. That that's is a such tentative a, date, which yeah, I, I would imagine would turnaround. change because that's, I mean, a month and a half. I, I doubt that it would be that early, but that's I mean, the that, tentative yeah, date that they said. That turnaround is insane. I just, I don't know how, like, I mean, knock on wood, but let's, hopefully LeBron's playing until the middle of October, like, I don't know if I, I like, I, he's not going to want to play starting December 1st. Like, dude's old. Yeah. He's getting old. Like, his body, he doesn't want to do that. So, I just can't see that players are going to be okay with doing that. I mean, obviously, they want this season to conclude, but I can't imagine that players are going to be super cool with turning around in a month and a half and playing again, starting a whole new season. I mean, seasons are long. Yeah, it takes I, a grind on your body. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm Especially, interested to you know, see someone... what happens there. As you can tell, Ben and I are mostly worried about LeBron yes. James uh, with, <laughs> yeah. with these concerns. No doubt. But, um, no, it actually is a real concern. I, I, these athletes are high-class athletes. I know some of them, you know, go on vacation in the summer, but some of them, you know, don't. Some of them really take the time to, you know, get their bodies right for the next season. And even if they do, you know, go vacation, do whatever, I, I think most of them still take time, at least a little bit, to, you know, get their bodies in the right spot. And it's not a lot of time. I think Ben makes a great point, you know, looking forward. You know, we're, we're, we're looking very short-term at this type of stuff, um, but you know, it seems like just from the list I have here, the, the NBA draft or the last game would be October twelfth, and then less than a month later, training camp would start. So I mean, you just have one month to get everything right. You know, maybe they talked to the NBA PA, you know, and, and it seemed like that was the best solution. But you know, I'm, I'm truthfully not a hundred percent sure. So, how how do you guys see this shaping out? Um, you know, do you see it kind of shaping out how it probably would have normally shaped out, or do you think it'll be a little bit different considering it's in a different location? Uh, there's more teams being invited than what would actually have been the, uh, you know, the final 16 teams. What do you guys think? Trevor, you can start off first. Yeah, so there's a few other, like, mine, like minor details, things that they've been talking about. Um, like, for example, like, home court advantage. How are they going to institute some kind of home court advantage? Will they institute some kind of home court advantage? And, and they've talked about, like, using um, announcers that are, like, um, like for the higher seeds. So, like, for example, if it's the Milwaukee Bucks, the one seed, and the uh, um, whoever, the Wizards, or whoever's the eight seed that they would have, yeah. um, or the Magic, that they would have, like, the announcers from the Milwaukee Bucks come and announce the game. Um, they can even have, like, certain chants that, like, favor that team. So whatever the normal chance that they would have in their home arena they could bring those to Orlando and I don't think that would be too difficult to make happen I think they could totally do that um there's also um talk about like do they institute like other advantages like and I think this one's a little corny I I don't I don't like this one at all is but they've talked about like extra possessions so like the team with the higher seed could get potentially extra possessions which I really don't like that at all I I really hope they don't do that because I think there would be some backlash for that one. Yeah, I, I don't like any really any of those ideas. I think they should just play. It might even be better that it's not there's no home you know, court advantage. I guess in the playoffs, that's a slightly different story. Um, you know, w- whether they want to try to get an advantage. I, I know some players would consider it really not be that big of an advantage. Uh, I, in fact, I, I think Jordan liked playing on the road. He enjoyed, like, he liked being in New York and stuff. So I think some players wouldn't even consider that that big of a deal. And I think it's going to be tough to do something like that, um, you know, now. I think more of the advantage will be that, you know, you're playing against, uh, you know, not as good of a team at the start, of course, like normal. Um, Ben, w- w- what are your thoughts on, it's interesting, some people are talking about how this will kind of go, oh, it's not a real season, so whoever wins, it doesn't really matter. There's going to be an asterisk 
What, what do you think about that? That's funny because I was actually about to ask you guys that same thing. I was going to ask you, what, what do you think is going to happen to whoever wins? Is they're going to are they going to be discredited with not being a true champion? And the way I look at it is, I mean, honestly, they're in a tougher situation. Yeah, they've been able to rest, but they haven't been able. They have to basically start all over at the beginning of the playoffs. Like most teams, they're going into the playoffs, hopefully peaking at the right time. These teams, they have to start all over. Basically, they have to start. They're essentially starting a new season just to start the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they've been able to rest for a long time, but I, I think they're. In, I think this is tougher than usual, just because their team chemistry is off. They haven't seen each other. I mean, yeah, they they maybe can do Zoom calls, but they haven't played with each other in months. So, I think they're in, plus. I mean, their conditions. They're they're going to be staying at this resort for two months or whatever. So, like, it's not like they can just go home and relax. Like, it's just everything's different. I'm glad they're playing, but I almost feel bad for these players just because. Yeah, I'm happy they're playing, and I'm sure they are too, but. They're kind of in a really tough situation right now, like. Yeah, for sure. So and and, and I was yeah, and I was thinking yesterday about how like, well, let's say LeBron wins this championship, there's gonna be people that be like, oh, it's not a real championship, blah 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 blah. But like, at the same time, I almost say it's not more impressive, but I think it's just as impressive just because of the the cards that they were dealt. I mean, whoever wins, I'm I'm gonna be impressed with whatever team wins, just because there's a lot of adversity that all these teams have to fight through at this point. Yeah, I, I'm not putting an asterisk next to this season. I, I think especially, like, if you look at, like, a team like the Lakers, um, where a lot of these guys are, you know, they have some young players in the team, they have some older guys in their team, and a lot of the teams with the younger players, they don't have gyms at their, their houses. They might not even have a house. They might just have an apartment somewhere. I mean, you look at LeBron, obviously LeBron is very privileged. He, he's, he's got some good stuff going. You know, his house, you know, he has a full gym there. I'm sure he has some basketball court. But a lot of the younger players don't have quite that advantage that they have a house with the basketball court. Some of them do. You know, we saw, like, the, the horse competition recently where players, you know, were at their own gyms and stuff, at their own uh, courts. But some players don't have that. So I think it's interesting where we see some players, you know, they're going to come in and they're not going to have, uh, you know, quite the, the off-season tra- off training, you know, per se, quotations around that, that other players, I think, would have. So it's going to be interesting getting them all back in shape. Trevor, what do you think? Is there an asterisk next to this season? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think there should be. And hopefully that the media, you know, is really against the idea of there being an asterisk. I think another component to this is like with injuries. I think there might be some more injury concerns and they are doing, um, they have a decent amount of time to prepare for the season now. I mean, not starting until July 31st. So they have over a month, a month and a half almost at least to prepare for this season, so hopefully that helps them really get in shape again. I mean, I obviously it's it's not ideal, but it's better than you know less like a couple weeks, obviously. So hopefully that hopes that helps. It'll be interesting to see how many like injuries there are. I know like in the lockout season in 2012, there were more injuries. Like Derrick Rose got injured um, in '99. There were some injuries. You had the Knicks that were the eight seed that got all the way to the championship before losing the Spurs in '99. So, I mean, as far as, like, obviously fans, you know, no matter who the team is, you're always going to have fans that are going to say, oh, there's an asterisk, an asterisk, yeah. um, no matter the season. Even if it isn't, you know, it could be a normal season, they'll still say that. So, I, I'm not too concerned about that. You know, everyone's on a level playing field. Everyone deals with um, some level of adversity. Maybe that adversity is different, but for the most part, you know, this is the situation, and whoever wins it, we should give them all the credit that um, you know they deserve. I 100% agree. So 
let's let's finish up here. Any any last words on the NBA returning? Because it's very very exciting. We'll have plenty of time to talk more about this. Um, I'm sure we'll be doing many many things um, on the podcast soon about the NBA. But any any last things you want to mention, Trevor? Yeah, I mean, there's just other little things. Like, you have the issue about, like, with coaches, and they've been talking about, like, oh, mm-hmm. if a coach is over 65, then maybe they've been thinking about, oh, well, then we won't let him sit on the bench, which uh, that's I think that's kind of unfair. And I think you've had, like, like Popovich and um, some other coaches who are over 65 who've kind of come out against this, and rightfully so, because if you're going to have one coach, like, who, like, Bryce Stevens, much younger coach, if you're going to say, oh, he can be on the floor – and out there coaching his team, but Greg Popovich has to like sit in the third row or something. That that to me is unfair, and I hope they don't do that. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, there's just there's other little things that hopefully they can get sorted out. Yeah, I agree. Any any last things you want to say, Ben? Obviously, there's a lot of excitement. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. I like Trevor, kind of like what Trevor said. It's not going to be perfect. I mean, not everything's going to go exactly no, the way we want it, it won't to. Be perfect. But the important thing is that the NBA is back. We get to watch. LeBron play because that's all I really care yes. about. Uh, we get to that's watch Zion. We get to watch Zion play for at least a little bit. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, Zion's good too, actually. So I, I'm super excited. I, I'm I'm so I, it, I feel like July 31st is so far away, but I I just can't wait. Like yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm like a kid yeah. waiting for presents on Christmas. Like I'm just I'm so excited. It's gonna be very exciting. But uh, with that being said, I think we'll we'll wrap up the episode there. Uh, thank you all so much for listening today. Uh, in our description, we're gonna have the link on ways to help the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and we, we hope everyone can go support or educate yourself, go learn where protests are, um, donate if you can, um, sign some petitions. We really hope that, you know, we can make an impact and get some change in the country. Um, but with that being said, thank you all again for listening and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons.